Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Absolutely incredible. Um, everything you could want in a program. Um, a lot's been going on since then. Uh, headline after headline, 24-7. Um, it's been quite the week, and I can't wait to uh, share it with all of you tonight. Um, as always, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are absolutely incredible. The show is listened to in 25 countries and on the online platforms. Um, everybody, and mark your calendars. I will be starting at Salem Radio May 17th. Um, huge opportunity for me. Biggest political station in America. You got people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Larry Elder, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, all do their shows there. So um, just the – you, you couldn't ask for anything better. Just the opportunity uh, of a lifetime, and I'm beyond grateful and, uh, you know, privileged and just blessed. You know, this this is something that uh, I could have never dreamed of, you know, and uh, another another episode. Can you guys believe it? Here we are, episode 259. Over two years later, the Rory Sodder Show is more evolved and bigger than ever before. We just keep growing and growing. In every episode, it just gets better and better. Just when you think it can't get any better, it does. It gets, it just, you know, we, we mesh, we connect, we resonate all so well. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to uh, keep this adventure and train going because uh, we're just getting started, everybody. That's for sure. Um, the weekend is approaching. Uh, you know, I hope um, wherever you are, I hope your day is going accordingly. I hope it's productive. I hope you're inside. Um, you know, obviously, if you're going out, you know, be responsible, be courteous of others. Um, you know, where this is something that we've never had to live with. Um, you know, shutting down the entire economy, people acting like zombies. You know, it's, it's time to get back to work. That's for sure, guys. And that is a lot of frustration, a lot of fear, a lot of confusion, a lot of mixed emotions flowing right now through so many Americans. And, uh, you know, we're going to definitely talk tonight, I I will say. I've got so many different points and and different um, uh, scenarios and and just, you know, opinions on this whole uh, COVID-19 drama. But, guys, I want to introduce to the panel, I believe we have with us right now, we have Writer and speaker, Sam Tully. Welcome back to the show, my friend, and congratulations on getting married. Um, you know, I'm very happy for you and Cheryl. Uh, you know, it's awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot, Roy. Uh, I'm very happy for me and Cheryl, too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're tying things up. Actually, we'll be heading out to Arizona uh, this weekend, so it's, it's, too, it's too cool in California for me, so I'm going to have to go out there and get a little bit of extra heat. I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, well, you'll get it. <laughs> you'll get it for sure, you know. It's in the hundreds this week, so you're going to get uh, more than uh, definitely than you bargained for. Yeah, we'll be moving back and forth. Uh, probably my transition out of California take me through June, but I'm coming your way, sure enough. I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, we'll definitely hang out a lot, and uh, I'm excited to have you on this radio journey with me, and, uh, you know, the future is uh, is brighter than ever before, so... Uh, 
As always, thank you for joining us tonight, and we always appreciate your insight and value. Okay, I look forward to it. All righty. I also want to welcome to the show, I believe he's joining us from the Capitol in Arizona, U.S. congressional candidate, great friend of mine, uh, brings a lot of great value and insight to the show, Josh Barnett. How are you, Josh? What's going on? I'm doing good, Rory. Thanks for having me again. I'm actually running late right now, but um, I'm about three or four minutes out from the Capitol as we speak, and um, we have, uh, we're have we doing a prayer vigil every night at 7 p.m. to pray for the state of Arizona and our country uh, with the times that we're in right now. And um, as you know, I, I told you earlier, we had a pretty big day at Governor Ducey's office earlier today, and um, it was um, – what I expected. He he hid in his office and didn't want to talk to us. Jesus. I mean, that's just, you know, what a coward. And, and, you know, Josh, we're seeing all these different governors around America and, you know, they're really doing things and at least putting a plan together and putting something, you know, uh, in place with the, you know, with the intention of opening back up the economy. Ducey hasn't said a word. He's given us nothing. He's basically extending this as far out as possible. You've got Rhino McSally making statements like she doesn't want Arizona open back up until they find a vaccine. Um, you know, this is, this is bad. This is really bad. I mean, you know, look at Texas. Look at Florida. Look at uh, Georgia. All these places are opening. And consider, look at our situation. We have some of the most minimal cases on earth, even more minimal than some of the states that are opening back up. But there's still no plan of action. It's absurd, Josh. You're exactly right. It's, we, we do. We have the, the least amount of problems related to COVID as Texas, Florida, Georgia, any of those other states that have opened or reopened the majority of their stuff right now. Uh, we, we um, you know, and I, and I always come back to the numbers, you know, because, you know, we can get emotional about it, and I get fired up, you know, and I get pretty angry about it sometimes. But when it comes right back to the numbers, are we going to do this every year that we have a seasonal flu and – 60,000, 80,000 people die? Are we going to shut down the economy at their beck and call due to some type of virus or something coming? I mean, this is it's beyond ridiculous. Uh, we actually ran into I, – I, I missed it, unfortunately. I was, I was pretty mad. I was, with Dave, uh, I was with Daniel McCarthy earlier today. And as I left and went to the other direction to get to my car, Daniel and a friend of ours, Brian, who's a nurse, uh, was with Daniel. And they, they ran into Dr. Chris. Dr. Chris is the Fauci for Ducey. He's, he's the Governor Ducey's Fauci, basically. And Daniel turned on his phone live and said, hey, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? And she didn't really look up at him at first. So she thought it was just some random person being nice asking questions. And the minute she realized it was Daniel, her face changed immediately. It was absolutely hilarious to watch, <laughs> to watch her be like, oh, God, that's Daniel McCarthy. And then she started answering questions. The funny thing is, is that towards the end of the end of the video, she brought up he brought up who's doing the testing for all these for all this COVID stuff, and he, and she said all oh, these com- different companies. She started naming. He goes, well, what about TGen? Is it TGen handling most of the most of the stuff for the testing? And she immediately goes, well, they've been doing some of it. She looks at her watch, and then well, I gotta go, guys. I'm running late. And she immediately cut out from the conversation. She did not want to talk about TGen. That's what Don sure. And um, any of the people know about TGen, Governor Ducey sits on the board of governors for TGen, which is the company that is handling all of the testing. 
So you have a governor that has taken all our federal money for COVID, over a billion dollars, and he decides where it goes, right, as a governor. He just happens to sit on the board of governors for the company that is doing all the testing. That's why he's talking about we need to do testing for everybody. we got to have this, this three-week blitz of testing because they stand to make a lot of money. So he wants to shut the state down for a few more weeks to push all this testing nonsense so they can make more money. It's, it's absurd. It's absolutely it's criminal. It's corrupt. And we're putting it into it. We're, we're filing a – we filed a uh, – it'll be official in a few days, but we filed a, um, a recall. We're going to recall the governor. And we're pursuing it because what he's done is criminal, and we're not putting up with it. Absolutely insane. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. And there, there has to be some other motives here. There has to be something else going on because why is he acting so sneaky? Why is he acting so, you know, secretive, not giving us transparency, you know, afraid to come out and face the music and actually talk to his constituents? Yeah. I mean, the guy is so yeah. self-centered. And he has the biggest yeah. ego. I mean, you, you see him talk, and, you know, he's just so full of himself. And, you know, it's like there, there's no um, – he, he's not compromising either with us. I mean, he, it, he's being uh, – the way he's acting, it, it, it's communism tactics. And, I, you know, I don't like to use that word, but yeah. what, he's trying to act yeah. like a dictator. And I wonder, I wonder yeah. how this is all going to go about because it's the end of the week again, and we don't have anything from Ducey. Well, Ducey, uh, yes, when he had the press conference, he looked very flustered, red in the face, sweaty. He was, he was upset. So, you know, I mean, he was, he was nervous, and he should be, because what yeah. he's doing is wrong. And I think deep down he knows it's wrong. And I don't care if somebody's putting him up to it. I don't care. He's not doing the right thing. It's obvious to anybody who pays attention to this objectively, and we're not putting up with it. We are, we are, we are filing uh, – a recall for the governor, and we are going to get those signatures, and he's going to pay the price for what he's done to this state, to businesses, to business owners in this state. We're not; yeah. it's not going to happen, you know. And regardless, well, if it passes, we're holding him accountable. Wow. Well, well, yeah. Well, absolutely. And you know, in Arizona, think about it. I mean, we are we are one of the best places for the middle class on the face of the earth. You've got some of the greatest companies here. You've got some of the greatest real estate here. Uh, this is the, you know, uh, and, and, uh, an economy that can't afford to be shut down. You know, we can't, we, we have one of the biggest economies in the United States. Our, all the people that relocate here from California, all the people that, you know, it, it's big. It's a lot in numbers. And, you know, you look at Maricopa County, it's doubled in size in the last couple of years. It's no joke. It's yeah. the fifth largest county in America. Look it up, guys. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's time to take action. Yeah, we're, and you're right. We're the fastest-growing county in the country as far as growing, you know. And, and, uh, and, but, the, you know, the thing is, you know, it's unfortunate because I think I never would have thought in a million years that we in six weeks would go from the best economy in history to something worse than the Great Depression. You know, that's one thing I never it, thought I would ever yeah. see. And, two, I never thought I would see a Republican governor of Arizona doing what he's doing to the people and the American citizens and Arizona constituents. It's, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And we have enough people. We're not putting up with it. We're, we're fighting it. And this makes, this makes me miss Jan Brewer, man. I mean, you know what? This, it, I, I guarantee she wouldn't be pulling this. There's no way. She was, she was so much more pro-Trump than, than Ducey is, and she was so much more uh, better for Arizona than, than Ducey is, in my strong opinion. 
I mean, even though, even no, though she I, wasn't yeah, perfect, she, a lot of she had her flaws. She had her flaws, but she was a lot better than Ducey. Yeah, no, that's a very valid point, and I think a lot of people would agree with you. And, uh, you know, well, President Trump will be here Tuesday, you know, visiting some of the Honeywell centers. So, we're, we're, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what's said maybe when he's here, you know. But uh, we're, we're yeah. pursuing everything full speed ahead. And, like I said, we're not, as Arizonans, we're not going to put up with it. And what he's doing is unconstitutional. You know, he's, he's unequally applying to rule across the people. He's deciding what's essential and not essential. And, and it's absolutely – it disgusts me. This, this, this should not happen in the United States of America. Yeah, I know. And doesn't it, isn't it disgusting and pathetic and disgraceful how he doesn't give any sort of recognition or shout-out to all the patriots that voted him in that are out there outside of his office, you know, demanding answers? I mean, it's, it's really – you know, it shows a lack of character, and it's so unethical. Yeah, yeah. And we have another huge rally uh, this Sunday at noon here at the Capitol. And I'm calling yeah. everybody up there, any patriot, to get their butts down here. Everybody. And to show that you're not happy with what's going on right now. Because it's time for us to stand up and speak. And it, it, this is, a, this is a, a time in history that, that we can look back and be like, be proud of ourselves for fighting for our country and what, what America stands for. A- Amen, brother. Amen. Well, Josh, I'm glad you could join us tonight. we got a lot to get into. Um, and I can't wait to hear your insight and all your opinions because uh, I'll tell you, there's uh, definitely a lot of headlines. Absolutely. Um, I want to welcome to the show, I believe we have with us um, another good friend of mine, and I'm glad he's back. Um, we have pastor and doctor, Rodney Evans. Rodney, welcome. Back, how are you? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm uh, uh, doing well, man. What's new? We haven't heard from you in a while. I'm doing good. Uh just it's hard not to have service right now. Uh, my wife's getting to work you. from home, but I am, um, you know, doing some videos and doing podcasts. But right now in our state, we can't have church service, which is a bummer. Are you doing it virtually, or are you just going to hold off until the churches can open back up? Well, I do, uh, you know, I got the YouTube channel, so we do a program once uh, a week on that. And then I put it out for everybody to get on the weekend. And then me and my wife are getting up on Sundays and uh, doing a podcast, and we put that out also. That's okay, very nice. That the podcast is something we do together, and they really like it. So we, we're, we're love- enjoying that. But I just, you know, when you're a pastor, you, you hate that you can't really get around and talk with your people like you really like to because, you know, to be a, a good pastor, you've got to be a people person. Yeah, uh, it's it's true. It's absolutely true, you know, 100%. And uh, what's the name of that podcast so people can listen? It's Real Life Discussions with Pastor Rodney, and it is on Anchor. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take a listen. I'm, I'm glad you could join us tonight. Um, we got a lot of headlines to get into. Um, really, uh, you know, excited to hear your insight and, and your, you know, thoughts on, on various things that have been going on. So, I'm going to get into my opening, and then I will get to everybody on the panel. Um, guys, I will say, it's like we're living in the twilight zone. It's like we're living in an alternate universe. It's I, you know, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, you know, like I said, obviously earlier, you know, most people in America right now are feeling a 
wide variety of mixed emotions, you know, anger, depression, sadness, confusion. You know, you walk outside and it's a, it's a whole new picture. You've got people wearing masks. You've got people, you know, it's, it's like, you know, all, and all the, all the, all the fear mongering from the media, you know, we, we obviously know that, that this is real. It's not a fake thing, but the numbers are exaggerated in so many different ways. The, there's been so many different doctors that have came out and debunked um, many of the false narratives that especially places like CNN and MSNBC like to put out, um, you know, and, and, and just, just we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. But, you know, over a month now, it's been over a month, we've all been on lockdown. You know, and, and Josh Barnett, you know, made a perfect point a little bit ago. Is this going to be the new normal? Every single year, are we going to shut down and panic and try and scare everybody because of, because of a virus? I mean, look at what happened with swine flu. Look at what happened with Ebola. Look at what happened with AIDS. Did, and a lot more people died. Did we shut the economy down? Yes or no? No, we did not. You know, this has been in the making for a long time and planned by so many different elites. Um, you know, you have Bill Gates talking about this years ago. You guys can go look about, look it up. And he's came out lately and made weird statements. Like he's been preparing his pantry with food for, for the last couple of years waiting for a pandemic. You have Dr. Fauci saying at Georgetown a, a couple of years ago that by 2020, you will see a big outbreak that affects, the United States economy. I mean, it's like, why aren't more of the media talking about these people? I'll tell you why. It's because these people are the ones controlling things. These people are influencing. You know, the the whole new world order is in place right now. They absolutely are. You know, and they, and they tried they tried every single thing. Don't forget that they they tried to they tried to sink Trump's economy. They did no no. They tried to get him with Mueller. They tried to get him with Ukraine. They tried to get him for stuff on, he said, on Twitter. Um, you know, they tried everything over and over, and nothing sticked. Nothing, you know, could, could crack the code. Nothing could, you know, really uh, do it. So they resorted to destroying the economy. And the Democrats don't care about America. They don't care about us. They don't, that's not on their mind. They're on their mind is filling their pockets with how, how, as much money as possible. And our side is guilty of that, obviously, not as much, you know, but um, it, it's, it's a problem. You know, China has a strong in, influence and hold on many of our politicians. There's, and that's why you and, – and the media. That's why you see the mainstream media and politicians sticking up for these people and trying to say that Trump is the problem. But I, I, I want to get – and you know what? I can rant about this corona thing forever and ever, but and this is going to be the main segment tonight, but I want to get to some of the small stuff first, kind of stuff we, you know, we haven't been hearing about because we got, we've been so distracted with this one, you know, main thing, which is Corona, COVID-19. So let me get to the stuff that's been coming out and then, you know, main segment, we will, we will talk about everything Corona, anything and everything and all of it. I promise. Starting off though, um, new revelations, in the last couple of days, new breaking news in the last day or two. And this is such a, a vindication and huge relief 
for all of us Trump supporters and, and for any true patriot American, uh, Michael Flynn, Michael Flynn, the guy that they spent years and years trying to ruin his life, has been exonerated. Mueller and his buddies and Comey and, and, and Peter Stork and Brennan and all these, all these people, you know, this, this witch hunt Russia hoax with Mueller, tried going after Michael Flynn, you know, they threatened his life, they threatened his family, they told him that he had to, you know, uh, lie to, to the FBI, otherwise nothing would be okay. You know, they, they framed him in every possible aspect you can think of. The new paperwork, the new documents came out, it shows all these different options that the FBI and the tactics they used, and basically it was like four or five different scenarios. None of it had to do with the rule of law or the actual truth. It was only trying to, you know, obviously there has to be a fall guy for various things. have to put the blame on someone. Otherwise, it looks like they don't have anything, and it looks like, you know, they're, they're wasting people's time, which they were, but they – obviously the big picture, they have to show they have to show they have to show that they did something with all that money and all that time. So what did they do? The people that were closest to Trump in the cabinet, they went after one by one, you know. And Flynn was, you know, uh, uh, did nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. And never forget with this whole Mueller thing, they had all these different interviews, all these different people that were supposedly supposed to be star witnesses and, and, and give all this information but they had absolutely nothing. And the stuff they did get people for had nothing to do with the Trump campaign. It had to do with long time ago, like stuff I'm talking about with um, Roger Stone and um, uh, Paul Manafort. But Michael Flynn, he was just a, a guy that, that Trump got in there. And, you know, a 30-year military hero. I mean, this guy was at the top ranks, top ranks, uh, ranks in, our, in, our, in our military. One of, the, one of the most honorable human beings, uh, and, and, you know, this guy, uh, not one thing corrupt about him. And you know what's sad about this whole thing? You see the vindication. You see how he was totally set up this entire time. And the media went along with it. They were like, oh, Michael Flynn, Michael Flynn is a, is a horrible person. Michael Flynn colluded with Russia. He, he's involved. You know, he, Mueller says so. Well, Mueller was a joke, first of all. You remember Mueller? Mueller, everybody had all these different, you know, uh, memes that said it's Mueller time. Mueller's going to take down Trump. What happened? Two and a half years. Millions of dollars wasted in taxpayers. They didn't have a damn thing to get go to, to uh, on Trump. They frame all these innocent people. And the media is not talking about Michael Flynn being exonerated. And, you know, CNN, MSNBC, obviously Fox and other channels are covering it. But, the, but the, you know, these places like CNN are embarrassed about their credibility because how many fake stories have they gone with for the longest time? And then it turns out in the, in the end that they were completely lying. But you know what? The damage is done in a lot of ways. When you feed this bullshit to people for long enough, start believing it. Sadly, a lot of people have woken up to the fake news, but not everybody. I hope Michael Flynn goes after every one of these cocksuckers. Excuse my French, but I hope Michael Flynn destroys these people for what they did to him. And you know what? I believe and I 
knowledge of the FBI. Screw Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray knew this crap all along. You know what? And I've been talking about this on my show for months. And I said months ago, where the hell is Christopher Ray? Why is he not speaking up? Why is he not having the Trump administration back? Why is he covering for the deep state? And why isn't Trump saying something about Ray? Why, and why did Trump hire Ray? You know, Trump, I love you. I'm your biggest fan. I think you're the greatest thing on earth. But there's a lot of people in your cabinet, and it's been proven. I mean, you've cleaned, what, half the house so far? I mean, there, there's people doing stuff left and right behind your back, buddy. And, it need, you know, we need more patriots, more people that aren't the swamp around our president. You know, and I don't, you know, I'm not blaming Trump for anything in terms of, I think this is a complicated issue, and I'll tell you why. He can only do so much. He's already delivered on 80% of his promises within three years. Again, that's 80% within three years. You know how I know that? Because I've kept track on a piece of paper ever since 2015 since he announced his candidacy and walked down the escalator. You may not like some of the things he says, but he's actually the only president to ever uh, deliver uh, in this sort of fashion. You've never seen all of these unbelievable, um, you know, things uh, to this extent. You know, it's like, you know, he says he's going to do something. He's going to do it. He's never going to half-ass anything. He's never going to he, – he's always going to finish the job. But getting back to this, we need, Mike, we need to get rid of Christopher Ray. There needs to be more cleaning of the house. Christopher Ray knew – what was going on here. Don't tell me he didn't. And, you know, people like Jeff Sessions were terrible. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues. Um, A.G. Barr doing a great job. Durham doing a great job. Um, they're really pulling together, you know, putting – there's indictments coming, and you guys know there is. Uh, this exoneration, though, gives strong credit to people like A.G. Barr and Durham because I believe they were the main people that uh, really, you know, uh, gave this clarity – to Flynn and his family. And, uh, you know, I don't want to see anybody break. I don't want to see anybody go through what Michael Flynn had to go through. It's, it's simple. Um, President Trump just – well, actually, I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, so here, here's something. Here's something. Justin Soy Boy, Pussy Boy, Wimpy Amish. Can't stand that. I can't stand that guy. You talk about a turncoat. You talk about a traitor. You talk about a scumbag. This guy is now saying he's going to run for the libertarian ticket. You know, I, you know, and I'm going to say this. I got libertarian beliefs. You know, I think the libertarian party has some good things. But that's beside the point. They're a party that really never goes anywhere in the election. A lot, in a lot of ways, they, they cause a disruption. They, they, they're a distraction. Um, Justin Amish is not a true libertarian. He is no Ron Paul. He's, quite frankly, I was not a Gary Johnson fan, but he's, he's not even as good as, he's not even near Gary Johnson's level, and I think Gary Johnson, in some ways, is an amateur. But Justin Amish, he votes more with the radical left than he does with conservatives, libertarians. He's only doing this because he knew that he has no chance left of getting reelected in his district. Everybody hates him in Michigan, in his district, for the way he turned on Trump, because those people in those districts where he represents are very, very conservative. So 
here, why not put get your name in the paper? You know you're not going anywhere. You know you have no chance. And, you know, there was some worry from a very small majority that this would affect Trump. But the larger majority said it's going to affect Joe Biden because think about it. Justin Amish plays the narrative of the anti-Trumper. That is going to draw people. It's not really going to draw – it's going to draw more leftists. That's going to, it's going to take votes away from Joe Biden. This is actually going to help Trump. So, you know, I look at this as – I mean, you know, go out there, make a fool out of yourself. We saw the other idiots. I mean, even though they ran in the Republican primaries, but, you know, Joe Walsh, who I actually used to be a fan of Joe Walsh until he became an idiot because a long time ago he was actually a, a conservative with actual, with actual real conservative values, but now he's just become – an idiotic, never-Trumper rhino. Uh, but he tried. He didn't even get 1%. Uh, Bill Weld was another idiot. I don't know if he's still in, but he got nothing. Uh, what's the other moron from, uh, uh, God, was it South Carolina? I think he was the governor at one point. He ran in the Republican primary. primary. But anyway, the, the point is here, the moral of the story, nobody's going to beat Trump. Sleepy Joe can't even count four. Can't even finish a complete sentence. And you got Justin Amish, you know, this is, this is his last hurrah, Justin Amish. You know, say goodbye to politics, buddy. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. You know, and, and you know, you can tell there's jealousy. You can tell there's envy. You can, you can tell there's, there's, there's this bitterness. I think Justin Amish, because if, if, if really Justin, you know, because there's these certain libertarians out there that think Justin Amish is the guy that follows the Constitution and follows liberty. Well, if that were the case, then why aren't more people – uh, taking after him, you know, why aren't more, you know, Washington, why are, why is pretty much everybody in Washington speaking against him, especially in the libertarian conservative side? There's not a lot, there's not a lot of Amish fans. Um, I mean, leftists are because they cheer anything that's anti-Trump, but you know, he, he doesn't, um, he doesn't, you know, his days in terms of, and I don't know how many terms, um, he served. I don't know. But, uh, you know, after this, well, he'll probably go to a super PAC or, or, you know, he'll do certain things. They always find ways after their political careers are over. But, you know, and that's what I hate. I hate all these assholes that go to Washington and become, you know, I'm all for capitalism. I love people that make money. But uh, politics is not a lifelong career. It never should be. There should be term limits. There should be accountability. And there should be restrictions and limits to how you can access and make money. You know, I think they have so many secrets. They really do. Um, uh, let's see here. So Washington Post poll, and this is awesome. A Washington Post poll came out this past week, and for anybody that doesn't know it, pretty much all of you know that the Washington Post, uh, very left-leaning, uh, but 65% of Americans want all immigration to U.S. halted. That's Democrat and Republican. I, I think there's been a lot of Democrats that were all for open borders before, you know, beforehand, after they see what happened with these viruses and all these different crimes, I think it's really uh, kind of opened their eyes and kind of made them rethink their decisions. So, you know, if a Washington Post poll saying 65%, think about what an honest poll would actually say. Probably 80%. Uh, you know, but, you know, we, we are, we're, we're coming together, guys. We are coming together. Um, so, I'm so sick of the Me Too movement. I mean, they are the biggest hypocrites on the face of the earth. I mean, these people are, 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 joke, are a joke. I mean, they, they are the epitome of a laughing stock. They are evil. They are, you know, and, and they only 
call it when they want to. They don't. They they like to pretend that they didn't see certain things. For example, uh, they want to stay quiet and pretend it never happened. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, is there obviously their nominee. Uh, well, well, let me correct this. Let me correct this. There's a lot of people in the Me Too movement that are telling Biden to drop out. There are a lot a lot of people in the Me Too movement telling Biden uh, that he doesn't belong uh, because of, you know, this woman's story. But there's also Democrats that are being hypocrites and saying that this woman is not credible, even though this woman has been saying the same story for the last 30 years. Her name is Tara Reid, not the actress from American Pie, different Tara Reid. But she's, she called into the Larry King show, I believe it was 20 years ago, her mother did, and they were talking about this exact scenario. And all of a sudden, this clip went missing in recent weeks. Imagine that. I mean, this is how the media protects the Democrats. But you have the Democratic Party so divisive on this issue because there's so many Democrats that just want to defeat Trump, and they don't care. They want to, they, 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 they want to pretend, you know, Joe Biden is not a predator, even though there's been dozens of women that have came out and have been very specific, and even some have filed police reports, but they go nowhere. Um, but this is from stuff that happened a while ago. But then you've got, you know, other Democrats that are sticking up for females and, you know, aren't going to just ignore this and are mad in a lot of ways that it's not Bernie who's the nominee. Um, you know, Joe Biden comes with a lot of baggage. Joe Biden is not what the Democratic Party, I believe, wants, wants right now. I mean, they, they are not at a middle ground level. Uh, at this point, they are they, the moderates are gone. You know they've they've gone Bernie Sanders types. I mean that that's what majority of their party uh, is buying into in terms of ideology. You know and, and I think that you know Bernie hasn't had these scandals. Joe Biden's had hundreds. And you know I'm gonna give I'm gonna say this. I I applaud and I give praise to the Me Too uh, um, participants that are actually telling Joe Biden uh, that he should drop out. Uh, that he should be held accountable, he should face the music, because it proves that you guys aren't half-assing anything and are actually, you know, legitimately legitimately calling everything as you see it. But you know what? I, I think it's disgraceful. The other Democrats who want to just, you know, uh, you know, believe that their party can do no wrong and that they think Joe Biden, you know, is innocent and they don't even want to hear the other side, of the, the woman's side of the story, even though, don't forget, uh, when a Republican does it, they're automatically guilty, according to every single, de- you know, to the Democrats. So it's a double standard. It absolutely is. Don't ever forget Kavanaugh. Uh, you know, these the woman that came forward, Kavanaugh. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. This, these women that came forward about Biden actually have specific, um, you know, details, reports. And, so, and what, you know, when these women came out about Trump, it was all hearsay. They didn't have any actual evidence. This woman coming out about Biden right now, this one girl, Tara Reid, worked for Biden. You know, and, and you know, it's, you know, the, Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're going to hear a lot more. This, this is not over. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, I would be surprised if, if he makes it to November. I, you know, the guy, he's not, he's not well. And there's so much dirt on this guy. I mean, China, uh, being a sexual predator, uh, his son, uh, all the corruption, the money, uh, you name it. 
Um, and and here here's here's what's crazy is Chris Hayes, who I don't really like that much, <clears throat> went on MSNBC the other night. Uh, well, he's on MSNBC. He did a show and he was calling out Biden, and he was getting threats from certain people in the Democratic Party. I mean, this is the, to try to cover, um, to try to cover to, to, because. Because he wasn't covering for Biden. It's ridiculous. And Chris Hayes is, a, is a, as liberal as it gets. You know, absolutely insane what we're dealing with. Um, so I want to say this is huge news from today. Stocks jumped higher today and closed on the best month since 1974. Again, the closing today is the best month since 1974. Pretty damn good considering what we're going through. And dealing with uh, voter fraud is no joke. I talk about it all my to- all the time on my show. Whether it's dead people voting, whether it's uh, illegals voting, whether it's people voting twice, whether it's mail-in ballots. But anyways, there was new a new report out today. Eleven thousand dead people are on Virginia's voter roll. Think about that. This is, and this is, this just happens in so many states, especially states run by Democrats, which Virginia is at the moment. Look at their governor. 11,000 dead people on their voter roll. Tell me that's not voter fraud. I mean, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I, this is, you know, you can't, you can't make this up. And, and Judicial Watch just sued Pennsylvania because they have 800,000 inactive voters on their voter roll. Again, 800,000 inactive voters. We have one of the most important elections of our lifetime coming up. And you have all of this stuff going on. Think about how important of a swing state Pennsylvania is. It's a state that Trump needs to win. If you got all these, you know, scumbags uh, cheating the system, not good. Not good. Um, you know, the, the Michigan House, um, I want to say this, uh, that, that governor in Michigan, well, I want I want to get to that when we get to the whole Corona thing because that ties into the Corona. Um, okay, so going back into the whole Flynn thing, there was new evidence in this. You know, I talked about Flynn a little earlier, but something I did not mention: new evidence showed the FBI wanted to drop the case against Michael Flynn until Peter Stork intervened. Do you got? I'm sure everybody remembers Peter Stork. Complete jackass, complete pompous, scumbag, as ignorant. I mean, just he's and he's just so out of touch. Lives in his own little bubble. Uh, he's still somewhat involved with the FBI. I don't know how that is even possible, but uh, he's he's part of the swamp. He's been in there for years and years. He was getting away with murder, and you know what he could do, and the authority and power and authorization that you know he could. Enforce it makes you really sick to your stomach. If these people are guilty of framing all these innocent people, and that obviously we heard about that, but what about the stuff we didn't hear about? What about the stuff that we did not? Because if you if you if you're guilty of one thing and you get you get you know caught with one thing, you're guilty of a million others. We just didn't see it. Obviously, it's insane. It absolutely is insane. Um, so getting into this whole Corona thing, you know, this, this, I'm angry. 
I'm frustrated. I'm pissed off. I've had enough. Over a month, we've with places. It's not, you know, everything's in decline. We've flattened the curve. The, the worst is behind us. And, and, you know, there's no way that we can all sit around and just expect to, you know, you know, what, the process of a vaccine overnight. And a lot of people are trying to say that we need a vaccine before we can open everything back up completely. Screw that. First of all, I don't want vaccinations from the government going anywhere near me. And you know they're tied to Bill Gates and all, and all these elites and all these pharmaceuticals that are in bed with each other. Uh, Bill Gates funded this lab in China where the virus got out of Wuhan lab. Look it up. So did Dr. Fauci. And why isn't the media talking about this more and more? Why are people so naive and why are people so gullible that they think they should, could, can just listen to everything that they're told? I mean, you guys really got to dig. This is not, you know, something I'm making up. They want to leave us vulnerable. They want to leave us. This is going to the psychosis and the mental health and, and of this whole situation is going to cause more deaths in the long run than the actual disease itself. Don't forget that. You're going to have more people committing suicide. You've got 30 million Americans that have lost their job in the last couple of weeks because of this bullshit. We defeated China. We beat them. They suffered the worst economic losses in like 70, 60 or 70 years. No leader has ever beat them on trade like Trump did, and they couldn't handle it. They had to pay us back in some way. And you know what? People want to ask me, well, Rory, why would they kill their own people? Well, what kind of dumb question is that? They killed millions of their own people yearly. So what they did was, and everybody's talking about this, especially people with a brain, they, they didn't want to make it look obvious, so they killed a couple hundred thousand of their own people with this virus, and then they made it, had it, had it made its way to the U.S. And, you know, this is not, you know, this is not brain, this is not rocket science, okay, everybody? Sorry about, sorry, excuse my French, but guys, this is, we are dealing with, and this is mind control. This is world. They are trying, and it, mandatory vaccinations. Think about that. Getting a needle in your arm, whether you like it or not. Do you know how many people I know that have gotten vaccinations and become much worse afterwards and have more problems? And why, when this medicine, hydrochloroxine, however you pronounce it, why are they not prescribing it more? Why is the media trying to say how bad it is? Why are they trying to kill us when, in reality, it's cured so many people? But the, the, the media and these pharmaceuticals and all these different people want to say it's bad. Do you know why they say that? Because it's cheap, and they have a more expensive drug that they're trying to spew and trying to present to the masses so they can keep, you know, making a fortune. And, the, and you know, this is – I've seen just the most idiotic – uh, things go on. I mean, they're releasing 4,000 inmates in Illinois, including murderers and sex offenders, because of coronavirus. You're going to release killers and rapists because of a coronavirus. Really? Really? You're putting the whole public in jeopardy. And this is, this is the radical agenda that I, and I'm referring to. The Democrats are causing disruption every single I mean, this is the last thing we need. 
Why the hell can't the nurses and the doctors in the jail deal with these people? Why do they make it our problem? It never ends. In the Michigan House, you know, some of these states are, are playing communist tactics, just like my state of Arizona. You know, our governor has no plan. He's, he's you know, there's no, nothing, no action, nothing presented. Uh, he, he hasn't even talked about the process. And other states with, you know, we have some of the most minimal cases in Arizona. Other states that have way more cases are already starting the opening process because they've seen a strong decline. Uh, Michigan doesn't have that many cases, but their governor is acting the same way, and she wants to extend the stay-at-home order until the end of May. And the people in Michigan, especially the, it's a thank God it's a Republican-controlled house, they're not having it, any any of it. And don't forget, Michigan was one of the first places that protested at the Capitol, and that's what created this worldwide American movement in every state to go there and demand that we open up back up the economy. So you know what? This shit needs to stop. I read a statistic the other day from the, this is from the CDC. People ages 18 to 45 have a 0.001% chance of, of dying from the coronavirus. Again, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. This disease only affects elderly people for the most part and little babies. You've got exceptions. I've seen some people my age die, but usually it's because they have pre-existing conditions. You know? And, uh, I mean, we are, we're dealing with a lot of different um, um, situations. I mean, our meat, our meat plants are, are having issues. We're getting people with coronavirus getting infected there. Thank God President Trump just signed an executive order. Uh, for the infrastructure, because they, I mean, they're struggling. They were, they were losing money. Um, you know, you, you can't be, we can't be messing with, with, with the people's food. We got it. We got to take care of that. Um, just going through some of these various things. But guys, I mean, the, the real, the real thing here, if grocery stores can be open, if liquor stores can be open, for God's sake, Big Five is open. If these places can be open, why the hell can't you open it back up everything else? Keep your distance. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, this is there's more people that die from the flu every year than this actual corona, and nobody talks about it. I want to say one thing before we get uh, to my panel. we got a lot of guests coming on tonight. Uh, just quantum expert and best-selling author Dustin Nemo is coming on. We have award-winning writer and best-selling author Matt Margolis, along with online talk show host James Judge, uh, pastor and doctor, obviously. Rodney Evans is with us already. Uh, but we'll also be having former Massachusetts State Director for the Trump campaign, Dean Cavarada, calling in. Um, but before I get to everybody, I, I want to uh, mention the last headline that I forgot to say earlier. Uh, this whole Kim Jong-un thing, get, guys, he's not dead. He, he's probably one of the most clever individuals in terms of leaders that you've got alive. The guy's no dumb-dumb. Um, he's a young kid, uh, early 30s. And uh, running a country is not an easy task, I can tell you. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is one of his, um, this, you know, this is one of his, he, he wants something. He wants some sort of attention. There's something going on here. He's got some sort of plan in place. You know why? And don't forget who came out with this story that Kim Jong-un is dead. CNN. We can't trust CNN. They're fake news. And then they had to retract their story saying that he wasn't dead. 
Because in reality, he's not. You've got his yacht to a nice resort. You've got his train park. Um, you know, he's been laying low. But I, I, I think there's more going on here. I don't want to, you know, go elaborate too much because we don't have the details. Uh, but what we do know is he missed one of the biggest celebrations in North Korea, which is his grandfather's uh, and the, the um, honoring of, of the past leaders. And I don't know exactly what it was. Somebody can maybe remind me, but, you know, it's one of the biggest North Korean holidays. But he missed that. But, you know, you can't jump to conclusions just because that happened. Um, he was seen, I think, like a week and a half ago, and he was fine. Uh, apparently he had some sort of surgery. Um, they, and, you know, here's the thing. From the reports that I see, it's hearsay. You, nobody can confirm anything. There's no confirmation at all of the current status of this guy. And everybody that said he was a vegetable or died, they were forced to redact their story. So until we have more information, I, you know, I, I, really think, I really think you're going to be surprised. And even Trump, I think Trump knows that there's something more going on here. Even South Korea, there's more going on. There really is. Um, I will start with Sam Tully. Sam, go ahead. You have the floor. Yeah, uh, Roy, let me start off with Michael Flynn. Uh, you know, I, I hear different pundits like Sean Hannity talk about how, you know, Michael Flynn, war hero, 33-year veteran, uh, general, served the country honorably, and how uh, he was just set up. And he was set up for the purpose of getting to the president. Um, the, the fact of it is, is he, he was set up because he knew what was going on in the Obama administration and how it worked with national security. And he was the one person that um, the FBI had to, you know, uh, Obama's FBI had to get out of the way. Uh, you know, it, it strikes me, and also, you know, what was fascinating, like I said, with this Christopher Ray guy, you know, Christopher Ray is 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 um, he was the guy that was in charge, I believe. Of I can't even think of that clown's name, but uh, Mueller's pit bull uh, back in the earlier days under the Bush administration. So you know why the president picked Christopher Ray or whoever advised him of taking that guy? That's a big mistake. Because, obviously, since he's been in charge of the FBI, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything to circumvent these people or to stop the nonsense. But what really, really scares me about the Michael Flynn thing, if Comey and all these other folks have the audacity to go after a person like this, to set him up, to know full well that they were going after somebody that was completely innocent, what about me? What about you? What about the little guy? What about the thousands of cases the FBI runs all across the country? People who don't have any resources, don't have any news media behind them, don't have any. How many people have been set up by the Federal Bureau of Investigation? That's what scares the hell out of me. These people are so corrupt, they knew that they can go after this, this man, and get him in the face of uh, a compliant media, in the face of the whole country. But the little guy, the person that is supposed to believe that our justice system is blind, doesn't stand a chance against people like that. 
That is what's scary. And I would hope that Durham and Barr come get to the bottom of all this stuff and even dig up where they've mistreated and abused the little guy. Because I just can't think for the life of me that they haven't abused other people as well. Because uh, the cases would be a whole lot simpler. And there would be no one, no advocates, no one to stop them. <clears throat> if they're that crooked, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Now, um, you know, the news media and the Me Too movement, uh, as far as Joe Biden's concerned, I mean, it, it's almost hilarious if it, if it wasn't so obvious. Uh, even liberals, my liberal friends, recognize that Joe isn't there. I mean, they've been hiding Joe in basements. I mean, the best thing that happened to Joe was this lockdown because he, he, because he didn't have to get out there and talk more than two minutes at a time, and his wife have to save him and help him remember where he's at. I mean, it's pathetic, and it's pathetic that the Democratic Party is so uh, dead that they're going to gravitate to someone that can't even understand if he's running for the presidency or the Senate, which he has said at one time or another. Lesson on, talk about... Uh, children rubbing his legs or him knowing about roaches and all kinds of other nonsense. So the man is pathetic. And for this woman uh, to make these kind of accusations against him and have been making it for years, and she can corroborate these with numerous witnesses, and she's a Democrat, it takes a lot of chutzpah, if I may say so, in this day and age. Because, of course, if you're a Democrat, you're supposed to get away with anything. And most Democrats get away with anything. But she's standing up there, she's calling them out, and I would hope that eventually he's going to have to stand up and, and take it. But if he doesn't, I can see the first debate with Joe Biden up there with the president and, and President Trump having that woman sitting in the front row like he had Paula Jones and all those other women that Bill molested when he was uh, debating Hillary. That would be what you should expect. This corona thing, this corona thing, from day one, I've always been of the opinion that the lockdown was a mistake. I heard how they were talking down on Sweden and their uh, herd immunity. You know, when I was a little kid, there was no such thing as, or at least I never heard of anything as peanut allergies. I mean, you could get on an airplane and you could eat peanuts. They would give you peanuts. There were none of these allergies of all this stuff because in those days the kids went outside and they played in the dirt. Uh, you went to school. If one kid got the cold, the cold, the, the cold went through the class. One person had the measles, the measles went to the class. We, we took in all this stuff and our bodies develop immunity against it. That was the natural way things happened. Now, it came, it was obvious early on that these people understood once they were dealing with it that this virus was more susceptible to the elderly, those with secondary problems, and the very young. Those are the people that it should have been concentrated on instead of having us all wear a mask, having us all wash our hands a thousand times a day, having us all do all this stuff and, and then put us in jail in our own house. You know, 
but the news media is compliant. And like I said, I believe that there are forces out there that will do anything to get Trump out of power. They will do anything also to control us. That's why when Drs. Arison and Masahi, Masahi, I hope I pronounced it right, from Bakersfield made their video, and they were, they were talking about the patients that they treated, and they were talking about the fact that this cure is worse than the disease. YouTube shut them down. Uh, Facebook shut them down because they don't want us to get a realistic, common-sense understanding of what we're dealing with. Those doctors, and there's a few others that are standing out there saying, look, you need to let people out of their houses, and if you, you use too many antibacteria agents, and if you, 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 you close us up like we're in a bubble, it suppresses our immune system. It doesn't help our immune system. It makes it worse. But I think that there's a bigger agenda here. I think the bigger agenda is control, that they want to control us, that they want to, I mean, when you have a society that is so jacked up that liquor stores and marijuana stores are essential businesses, but churches must remain closed, you know you're in trouble as a society. Now, you know, I, for one, don't blame the governors. I don't blame these, these policemen. I don't blame anybody for that. I blame the church for that. I blame Christians that are so uh, docile that are either, A, waiting on the return of Jesus, or, B, so apathetic that they don't stand up for the faith anymore. If we don't stand up for the faith, who is there for us to stand up for the faith? Jesus left us here to make disciples of all men. And he told us to don't forsake the assembling together. We are letting people just turn our lives upside down. We've, we've allowed them to take over the school system, to say that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, because too many so-called Christians have been compliant and they vote for the same folks that are destroying their theology. It drives me absolutely insane. There are still technically more Christians in this country than there are secularists, supposedly. All the Christians have to do is stand up and say we won't have it anymore, that the Judeo-Christian foundation that this nation was built on need to come back into the forefront of their minds. And if we stand up and if we decide that we're not going to take it, we're not going to deal with nut-brained governors like the one in Michigan, the one in New Jersey that forgot what the uh, Bill of Rights is, or any of these folks, or even that governor that looks like I'm going to have to deal with when I get to Arizona. We, as the body of Christ, need to say, look, we were given God-given rights, and we're not going to let anybody take it from us. Now, they can put us in the grave if they want to, because as we go down, we're going up. But we need to go somewhere. We need to let our children and our grandchildren know that we will not be herded around and take it for granted and, and, and sit over here and say we believe the word of God, but don't stand up for it. That's who I blame. I blame the body of Christ that hasn't been acting like one. You know, these people that are looking for this lukewarm, uh, uh, Millie Mouse, sweet Jesus, instead of the one that went over there and told these folks that they were a bunch of uh, uh, snakes and vipers and, and, and men at dead men's bones. They need to look for who they claim they represent. They need to stand up for him. And if we do that, we may still have a country. If we don't, God help us. 
No, I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. No, I absolutely. Um, well, very well said, Sam. Um, did you have any other thoughts? No, I'm good right now before I get too excited. <laughs> I'm good. Go no, ahead. I, I hear you. I hear you. No, very, very well said. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I do want to welcome, um, I believe he's with us. I want to make sure. Uh, let me see here. Quantum uh, expert and best-selling author, Dustin Nemos. Dustin, are you with us? Hey, brother. I'm here. How are you? Good, man. What's going on? Welcome back to the show. Uh, we haven't talked to you. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, what's the latest? What have you, you been working on? Oh, man. Well, Q is dropping pretty heavily. Uh, there's been a lot of bombshell things. I think you guys were discussing what was going on with General Flynn just now. So, uh, you know, uh, Crossfire Razor, right? Now, we already knew about Crossfire Hurricane with President Trump. Now we're starting to find out what we already knew from the Q movement that General Flynn was set up. And uh, actually, I was just reading that uh, we have evidence that Obama's uh, White House was running the whole thing. So, you know, there's just bombshell after bombshell, and nobody in the fake news is touching that story. Isn't that interesting? It's it's mind blowing, and you know what? Um, you you're you're very heavily involved with Q. You're one of the originators. You're one of the main orchestrators behind it. This whole Flynn thing, would you agree, Dustin? That it's only the tip of tip of the iceberg. It's just the very start. I mean, this is just batting practice, right? For about what we're actually going to find oh, yeah. out. You know, in the Q movement, we talk about something called the justice phase, and there's a lot of funny memes and jokes about, like, Fisagate, the movie, and all this stuff. But what's about to happen, and Q has already left us with six blank lines, and those six blank lines are placeholders for major arrests. These are big names. I expect within two to three months we're going to see six big arrests happen based on what was coming out of Q. And I, I could be off in the time. That's my speculation, but... It feels like it's going to be very soon based on what I know and what I'm seeing with the trends. And General Flynn and what's happened there, it really is sort of a trigger of that justice phase. Uh, people are starting to wake up more than ever. And when this information comes out, it vindicates everything President Trump has been saying. It, it actually reverses everything they said about Flynn. I and mean, Flynn's going to come back into the White House. Uh, President Trump already said that he would consider rehiring Flynn since he was vindicated or will be vindicated. So it's a matter of time, and, and people like Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch are, you know, all but demanding that these bad actors, Mueller included, his whole team were involved in this. Their uh, special counsel's office stamp was on some of the evidence and, and some of the uh, transcripts and such against Flynn. So they were sitting on this information knowing that he was innocent and still kept it. So Mueller, the, the Democrats that were involved in this, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi – there's a lot of people here that, that may well be criminally implicated, but certainly six names are coming. I think it's going to start with maybe Comey, McCabe, Stroke, uh, a couple of the others at the, the height of the justice system at the time, and uh, maybe Brennan as well. And you, you, what kind of indictments do you think we're going to see? I mean, uh, how do you uh, foresee this situation going down? What, what do you uh, – and, and who – who, who do you think is going to get locked away? You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be Brennan, Comey, or McCabe first, but I think it's going to be one of those three. As for, you know, what the indictments are, you know, it could be as much as treason, and it could start yeah. a lot smaller than that. It could start something maybe 
um, maybe more like a, not a full coup d'etat, but, you know, just malicious prosecution. I don't, I don't, I'm not a legal expert. I don't even know what the options that they have are. I mean, look at what Sidney Powell has been saying as Flynn's new attorney. I mean, she's going yeah. out doing speeches, asking President Trump to take the laptop, Anthony Weiner's laptop, take all that information on the Clintons, give it to the top military people, and prosecute. And this is Flynn's attorney. I mean, she sees stuff we can't see because she's read in and she's, she's able to see the classified stuff. And even now with the transcripts and everything coming out and what we know about General Flynn being set up, she says it's way worse than that. They've got, I think, about 11 pages more. Uh, and we haven't seen that yet. And that's all coming out very soon. Um, we, we've got people like Jim Jordan going out there on TV and, and, you know, basically saying that it's about to happen as well. I mean, we, people everywhere are really starting to, to take note of this. And coronavirus is a big distraction, but I think that's kind of coming to an end. And this is going to be the next big news cycle. Amen. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And, and, you know, what, what I want to know and what I'm curious about is, you know, we, we see how the FBI, you, know, you, you, you spoke on Sidney Powell, and you, you, we saw the paperwork, how the FBI went about things. It's like they weren't even getting to the rule of law or they weren't even caring about, uh, you know, innocent or guilty. They were basically going off of five options of how they were going to approach the Flynn situation. I can't even believe how these people operate. And if they're guilty of framing him and getting him for this, obviously we've heard other stuff they're guilty of and the bad stuff they've done. But there's so many things that we have that don't even know. Because if you get away with one or two things, you're getting, you're getting away with millions, millions of things. And that's exactly what they've done. And it hasn't been exposed for the longest time because we haven't had leaders like Donald J. Trump, you know? Yeah, and you know what? The FBI have, have a long and, and colorful history of covering things. Um, one of the things that came out of the Q movement and some of the research that Q people are doing, because a lot of that focus is actually on rescuing children from child trafficking and things like that. And um, some of the stuff that came out, actually the FBI spiked investigations into something called the Finders. All right, that's a, uh, a cult, a sex abuse child rape cult. And um, they, they spiked it. They're probably still out there. There's all sorts of history where, you know, the intelligence community, the FBI, whoever's doing the investigation, these high-level players, they're always co-opted. And as long as these intelligence communities are able to operate with so much power and so little oversight, I don't think there's any alternative to that. I, I don't think that it was ever not corrupt. That's just my personal opinion. I know some people think that there's the good rank and file, but where are they? Why aren't they blowing the whistle? You know, maybe I'm just a hard ass about it, and I'm sorry, but um, I think that if there were good people in these agencies, they would have left, or they would have, you know, just blew the whistle or did something to try to make a change. And I think all the good people have either been tainted or just left already, or they they've just been faded out. People like General Flynn, the ones that are that are in there that are good, they get targeted. Yeah, no, and, and, and how, you know, it's so deep. The swamp is so deep. It, it's, it's years and years of piling up. And, and, you know, Trump has done a good job about getting rid of quite a bit of it and, and you know, diminishing it. But I just believe it's never fully going to go away. I mean, it's so, you know, it's so just um, 
like I said, just heavy. I mean, there, there's so many people in our government that can't be trusted. Yeah. You know what? I would say that between Trump and the Q movement, what is happening is a full-fledged assault on every single bastion of power that they have. And by that, I mean it, it's a local all the way up to worldwide push to replace these people in office and, and actually to vote them out, get in good, honest people, to take over every single agency, to take over every single institution of, of authority and trust, to actually get the right. people back into the positions of authority. And that's a very long, long game, but we are starting to see some of the results, and President Trump has already stacked the courts. I think I've mentioned this before with the rule of law, constitutional judges, even the Supreme Court, even the, the Ninth Circuit Court, which is incredible. So that's a big change, and now we're going to start to see some of that cascade effect. And as bad as it was, as, as that swamp is, you know, you're about to see a full-fledged uh, dredging operation to drain that swamp. Again, well, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I was reading earlier today, and this is absolutely mind-blowing, and you talk about conflict of interest. You talk about, I mean, I could, I could name so many different things here, but Joe Biden was at the meeting where James Comey was told to brief Trump on the Steele dossier. I mean, the fact that Joe Biden is now running against Trump, Joe Biden was involved with the administration that was going after the Trump campaign, Wow, I mean, it's just yeah. it's crazy. Don't you agree? Yeah, and you know what? A lot of the, the most vocal and outspoken critics of President Trump, a lot of them were either, you know, they're either implicated in this crime or some other crime. I mean, Hillary, for example, she's got a long list of them going back to Uranium One and way before that, not to mention all the potential murders and hit jobs. You know, that's all speculation, but, you know, we know that she was involved in Uranium One. And we know that Mueller and these other folks that were involved as well, I think Comey was involved as well. There's a lot of activity there that we could go back and look at, and they're at risk. So they can't allow an honest president to stack an honest government because their corruption becomes obvious at that point, and it must be prosecuted. Absolutely. No, absolutely. No, I, I, no, I hear you. And, you know, let me, let me ask you in terms of um, – what do you what do you make of this whole corona thing? What, what do you make of? Don't you think this is a deep state attack? I mean, how could it not be? Yeah. I, you know, China obviously. You know, I, I think. I mean, there's no doubt about it. China's part of the deep state. I mean, you look at how many politicians in sure. America are compromised by them. You look at how all the elites that are compromised, you know, by them. I, I, it's it's one of the dirtiest things. Everything's going fine. Our economy is the best ever. We have. Trump defeating um, them on trade, making them suffer economically, and they couldn't handle it. They couldn't take it because then they release a damn virus. And, you know, there's no way that this was accidental. It was a high-secure lab, um, you know, and, and I know Q was obviously yeah. talking about, you know, different things with, with the corona stuff. I mean, kind of, kind of just kind of specify, kind of elaborate on this a little bit. What, what are your thoughts? Literally tonight, Q just told us that if the full truth came out about this situation, it would lead to World War III. So, you know, I suspect that it was an intentional bioweapon release. I don't think it was meant to be as, um, you know, as deadly as they make it out to be. I think it was really more of a fear hype. It was meant to spread fast and cause some damage. And, um, you know, President Trump did the right thing by shutting down the borders. But beyond that, you can tell the fake news has gone in full speed. The, the Democrats, 
every critic of Trump's, uh, they're all kind of, well, they're, they're all sort of creating this fear and they, they just destroyed the economy doing that. I mean, they did something far worse than the virus and destroying the economy and shutting down society. And their next step was to chip us with a vaccine from Bill Gates. And that's not going to happen. Thank God for president Trump. Um, you know, he's up there disarming the fear, uh, by being overly ready, overly prepared with way too many of these ventilators and things like that, being far ahead of the game. So they can't really hype the fear too much. And then also at the same point, he's talking about hydroxychloroquine, which, you know, we can't say cure, but 99% rate of success so far with pretty much everywhere it's been tried. And we've seen with even hundreds of, of cases under specific doctors that have tried it. So, you know, there's a lot of hope there. It's cheap. It's generic. And that kind of undercuts the whole fear around, well, we can't reopen society and go back to normal until after a year has passed and we've got a vaccine and such. So these people were about to start causing mass starvation and the breakdown of our food supply. President Trump fortunately reopened the meat processing plants, but farmers are on social media right now warning people, folks, we are, we are in serious trouble. We're dumping thousands of gallons of milk. We're plowing under crops. We're, we're killing feeder pigs. We're, we're just throwing away all of these, uh, these resources, all this food. This is our supply chain. Why? Because the meat processing plant shut down because of this fear hype. And that leads to real consequences. That leads to real economic harm and, you know, even death in some cases. I mean, there are predictions now that people may die from cancer next year in far greater numbers because they didn't get the medical attention this year and the screening this year. So these people are actually committing, I mean, close to murder with their fake news fear. But beyond that, in some cases, they're even killing people make this thing worse. And I'll, I'll qualify that. In New York, the standard protocol was to give people the ventilator. Well, it turns out the ventilator really increases your chance of dying. And what they were doing is sticking you on a ventilator by default, giving you a, um, an antibacterial, which doesn't help because it's a virus, and then giving you a sleep drug to knock you out. Most people don't wake up. That's not the right way to go about it. Yeah, well, no, and, and here, here's another thing. I mean, you know, I, I talked about earlier in my show how there's going to be more people that die from psychosis and mental health and suicide than the actual virus. I mean, you're, you're taking people yeah. out of their routine. You're taking people out of their everyday life, how they provide for their family, and you have spouses, uh, you know, breaking up, marriages, it, divorces at an all-time high, um, you know, drug first-time drug users. 30 million Americans lost their jobs. And you know what else pisses me off? They're ignoring the flu, and they're ignoring stuff that is affecting people because they're so fixated on the corona. Because every year people have allergies, people have the flu, especially around this time. And, you know, that's not – it's not even being, really being discussed. And a lot of these hospitals are so, you know – I mean, there's, there's, there's quite, there's vacancy in, in various hospitals around the country, but a lot of them are filled up and can't take any more people because of the Corona thing. I mean, it's so out of control. You know, the one good thing I think that's going to come out of coronavirus in retrospect yes. is that this yes. year is the year we, we cured cancer, we cured flu and pretty much all death stopped. You know, it, it all became coronavirus. I don't know if you, if you noticed that, but, all of the other right. statistics for dying have fallen off a cliff, and suddenly everything is COVID-19. Even if you 
you got hit by a car and they didn't test you. If you fell out of an airplane without a, a parachute and you fell and hit the ground, that's probably COVID-19, right? Because they get about $39,000 or something like that for every ventilator case. And they get uh, over, I think, 13000 for every COVID-19 case. So, they're, you know, the hospitals are incentivized to lie about it. And in the meantime, when they're telling you that there's frozen meat trucks full of corpses and, you know, canals dug for, uh, for all the corpses in Central Park in New York and things like this, and, you know, the, the hashtag um, empty hospitals started trending because they said that the hospitals were war zones and people were saying that I'm right next door. There's no one there. The hospital's empty. And, you know, they're, they're just stacking in lies after lies after lies. And how many of these people even had COVID? And of those people that did die, Probably about four percent or less. What I'm hearing actually died of the virus, not some sort of pre-existing condition. You know, a lot of comorbidity. They were already sick with some serious stuff. This was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And look at look at the look at the hospitals. Uh, apparently, there was a report out how they're getting paid more uh, to report uh, COVID deaths. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was saying about like 39,000 or something per patient that has the ventilators on. So that, you know, they just default. They, they pump you up with this ventilator, even though that's a last-ditch thing that would really decrease your chance of survival, and they shouldn't start with that. They'll put you on that right. because they get a lot more money. Death toll goes up, so, you know, they benefit from that. And at the same time, these hospitals are supposedly overrun. You've got all these nurse staff and doctors doing coordinated dance videos like they're in a boy band and posting it on social media like TikTok and Instagram because they got nothing to do. They're bored. Hospitals are having layoffs because there's no work because actually COVID not that bad. So they're just lying to us. Yeah. I mean, this will go down as one of the biggest shams. I'll tell you, it really will. And tell everybody uh, where, where they can connect with you, where they can find you, what you got coming up. I know you got some stuff coming up. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's the biggest fake news ever in the history of fake news. And I think that uh, in 2020, we're going to see the end of fake news effectively as far as their credibility goes, because even the normal people are turning away. They're starting to realize that not only are these jerks lying to me about the news, but they could kill me with their lives, right? They destroyed my my life, my job, you know, my, my way of living, my quality of life, now my potential food supply. Even regular people that don't care about politics are going to wake up. As far as, you know, my show, Dustin Nemos on YouTube, nemosnewsnetwork.com, and uh, some of the stuff that we're working on, uh, we actually met again today uh, at the StopBitBurning.com conference. We had a a group of different independent media content creators, and this is something I've been putting together behind the scenes for a while because so many of us are being censored. But uh, a lot of content creators are coming together now behind the, the StopBitBurning.com, which is digital book burning or bit, so bit burning. Um, it's kind of like the Nazis did with anything they don't like. They burn the books. So we're getting together to sue Google with a class action antitrust lawsuit with hundreds of content creators, millions of subscribers, and we're going to take them to court for the censorship. So that's one thing we're working on. And I appreciate you having me on, Lord. Well, I always love having you on, and uh, you always bring great value and insight to the show. Um, and I know you have your product um, that uh, you recently, recently released. Tell everybody where they can find that. Uh, you have a, is it a supplement? Well, we, we have a couple of uh, 
it's actually a little bit of an interesting backstory. I'll give you like a 20-second uh, edition yeah. there. We started yeah. a couple different businesses yeah. online in order to re-monetize our show. I mean, YouTube was paying me a full-time career to be an independent media person. I thought it was great. But then they realized yeah. that I was on the wrong side of the aisle, that I supported President Trump, and they, they banned me completely a month before my firstborn was born. And I had to scramble to figure out how to pay the bills. So I started some online companies. They took off some of them multimillion-dollar companies now, and we effectively focused our business model on helping demonetized truthers to make a living. And that's our passion. Uh, that's what I had to learn to do, basically, because of what they did to us. And that's what I want to help others with. So we have redpillliving.com, where we have supplements and vitamins. We have greenpillliving.com, where we have CBD. And we have shopmagazon.com, which is the Patriot Amazon. Perfect. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love everything you're doing. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on, and let's get you back on um, in the next couple of weeks, as usual. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. I appreciate everybody's time. Yeah, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Good night. Everybody, we'll be right back with Matt Margolis, and then we also have Dean Tavarada coming on after, who was the former Trump campaign um, director for Massachusetts. So, beautiful night on the Rory Sauter Show, everybody. We will be right back. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of Endless Apps. Endless Apps, every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. 
I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. I uh, want to get to... Uh, I believe uh, is with us right now. We have best-selling author and uh, award-winning writer Matt Margolis. Matt, are you with us? I am here. I am with you. Hey, Matt, how are you? Welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, what's been going on? What's new? Uh, you know, just uh, uh, doing what I doing what I got to do to uh, for the country. You know, uh, I'm writing regularly for PJ Media, and I uh, just. Uh, finished a new book which should be out uh, in, in a couple of months and uh, that's what I've been up to I love it I love it so for people that don't know uh, tell everybody you've written um, and I love by the way I love everything your your all the articles on PJ media absolutely fantastic you put everything into perfect perspective you shine light on a lot of big issues uh, but for people that don't know about your books, you already have what three or four books already out. Now you have another one coming out. Yeah, so um, you know the, the my book that uh, most people probably heard about, or, or the most uh, well-read book that I have, is called uh, "The Worst President in History: The Legacy of Barack Obama." Uh, my most recent book was uh, called "Trumping Obama: How uh, How President Trump Saved Us from Barack Obama's Legacy." My new book, which is coming out uh, probably in early July, I believe, uh, which I just submitted to the publisher uh, a few days ago, uh, is called Airborne, How the Liberal Media Weaponized the Coronavirus Against Donald Trump. And uh, it's going to cover all the the media lies about uh, the coronavirus that they they whipped up in order to hurt Trump and and, and debunks all of them. Should be a quite interesting read for people. And uh, it was uh, not an easy book to write. Uh, You know, it was very frustrating to, to, I mean, there's just so many different stories that the media tried to, to push on us. Uh, over the course of this pandemic that were just completely bogus, but they, they wanted to hurt Trump. And, uh, you know, that, that was their goal. Uh, so this, this book uh, catalogs, you know, most of them or, or say most of the big ones and, uh, you know, talks about them, debunks them. And uh, it should, it should be a, should be a good read. I love it. I love it. So, so man, that, that's fascinating. So how long did it take you to write that? I mean, because the Corona thing's only been around for a couple of months, so I'm guessing, what, six weeks took you to write that? Uh, just about, you know, uh, you know, I've been writing about the, the whole situation for, for a while at PJ Media, 
and my publisher came to me and you know, I was asked, you know, is this a book you'd consider writing? And I'm like, you know, I, I really didn't want to, uh, but you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I felt like that I had to do it. So I said, sure, you know, I'd already written quite a bit about it. So it actually wasn't that difficult. So, you know, that was around mid March. So yeah, we're, we're now, uh, at what, it's going to be May tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, about six weeks to do. Uh, it was probably the fastest I've ever written a book, but uh, I had already written about it, uh, about the coronavirus and those issues so much PJ Media that I had a good foundation to start with. So uh, it was exhausting work. And what, so I, I can imagine, I can imagine that, you know, and what, tell us the life of a writer. You know, in terms of writing this book, I, I imagine it takes up, most of your days and most of your nights, but you know, like what, what, how, how, what's like the, the day to day, like how, uh, give give us kind of a, uh, an example of that. Well, you know, it's, it's been an interesting process, particularly with this whole lockdown situation. So, you know, I'm at home a lot with, uh, you know, with, with my son and, uh, yeah, you know, so he, so he's at home with me, and I'm trying to balance spending time with him, making sure he's doing his his schoolwork, uh, while I write, and so I'm writing, you know, uh, for the book and for uh, me at the same time, writing articles, uh, and often kind of doing the same thing where I would take an article that I that I wrote for PJ Media, and then uh, did a lot of extra uh, ex- expansion on on that for, for the for the book. Uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. You know, start up, start up in the morning. Uh, do lots of research. Do some writing. Uh, and you know, just you know, there's no real schedule because the, everything is just crazy right now. Because uh, there, there's no, um, there's there's just no schedule anymore because things 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 are just uh, hectic with with uh, everyone being uh, forced to stay home or or, or mostly home. So. Um, you know, there there was definitely uh, 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 it, it was it was not an easy process. Let's just put it that way. Uh, you know, sometimes I wouldn't be able to start work in the morning. I'd have to do it, you know, throughout the day, or I'd work. I'd be writing late. Uh, it's just uh, the, 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 there's no standard operating procedure for a writer. You just gotta. For me, I gotta find the time. I gotta find the time to write and find the right time to write, which is. So that I need to be inspired to, to write and, and really be motivated to do it. Uh, and, and it was actually not that difficult to get motivated because, you know, when, when you read these stories, when you read about how the media was uh, basically lying through their teeth to try to damage Trump, you know, for me, it, you know, gets me really angry and it made me really, really passionate about this book. Right. Right. No, absolutely. No, 100%. And tell us the kind of, you know, just the specifics that you get into uh, in regards to the corona, like what kind of things do you lay out for the public and, and for the people? Well, you know, basically, you know, what I try to do is I try to uh, separate the, the, the various stories that, that they push and uh, basically dedicated a chapter to each of them and explain, you know, what the media said, uh, what, 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 the, what the, you know, how, how, how much it was covered uh, try to talk about, you know, a particular story, like, you know, uh, here's what the headline said, and, and then go back and then say, well, here's what really happened. And, you know, so it was explaining what happened and then 
how the media dealt with it and then defunct what, what the media was saying. Uh, you know, what, probably one of the classic examples of, of, uh, of a story that was just the media just got completely wrong and probably intentionally was the story about the, uh, the elderly couple in Arizona uh, that uh, the, the media claimed took uh, chloroquine. Yeah, 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 they, 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 the media said that, they, that after Trump was uh, touting uh, chloroquine uh, at, a, at one of the coronavirus task force press briefings, uh, according to the media, uh, they had some of this medication and they took it and then the, uh, the husband died and, and the, uh, the wife was in intensive care. But that's not what happened at all. The, 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 what apparently what happened was uh, someone said, oh, this uh, fish tank cleaner has uh, some chloroquine phosphate in it. So that must, uh, that must save us from the, from the coronavirus. So uh, they apparently mixed it in one of the couple of cocktails. But we're now hearing uh, that uh, the woman, who the, survi- the surviving woman uh, of, of that couple, uh, is now under investigation for homicide. She might have acted. She might have actually uh, deliberately given her husband this uh, uh, this fish tank cleaner cocktail uh, to kill him. Uh, there's uh, par- apparently uh, there's reports that uh, she had been abusive to him. Uh, she had wanted to get divorced. Uh, so I mean, the media just got this completely wrong. I mean, this is a woman who. Uh, was getting on TV because she was saying, Oh, you know, we listened to, we, we believe Trump when he said that this stuff was a miracle cure, but don't listen to Trump. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. And uh, we, we believe Trump and, and had the media done their job, they would have found out that this woman was a democratic donor who hated Trump, who was on social media saying anti-Trump things for, for a really long time. She is not who she claimed to be. And uh, you know any journalist worth their salt would would would, would have looked up looked, looked into this, and they didn't. And uh, you know because they were all they were only interested in the uh, how can we how can we use the situation to damage Trump? How can we make sure that he won't get reelected? Let's let's do what we can so that uh, Trump looks really bad, so that you know so we can say he has blood on his hands because he was saying. You know, chloroquine is this miracle drug, and people should just take it and not talk to doctors. And and uh, look what happened; somebody died, and, and, and totally not what happened at all. Uh, clearly, there was a, a bigger part of the story that that they either uh, were too incompetent to see or uh, deliberately missed uh, and and refused to to, to, to cover. And uh, you know, this is not the this is the kind of thing that. Uh, in, in, in various ways uh, I write about in the book that just happened a lot with, with different stories, the way that the, me- the media distorted uh, the situation in order to find the, the, the best possible angle to be damaging to Trump. And, uh, you know, this is all, clearly all about the, the election, you know, that the, the media has been, you know, for, for the entirety of his presidency trying to take him down. It was first, it was Russia, Russia, Russia. It, it was, uh, Michael Cohen, Michael Avenatti, it was uh, Stormy Daniels, it was the Ukraine and, and, and impeachment. You know, they just they just wouldn't let up. And the coronavirus was was kind of like their hail mary. And uh, you know, the goal of my book here is is to educate people to understand what really happened. You know, I have a friend who, uh, you know, about a week after that that fish tank cleaner story was telling me, 
oh, these people took uh, the, the medication and one of them died. I'm like, no, that didn't happen. The, uh, it was fish tank cleaner. And she didn't believe me. Uh, you know, there are people that, what, what, I think the media knows this, that as long as they report, they report the, the negative, the bad Trump story first for a while, even if it gets debunked later, enough people will believe the original story. Uh, so th- this book uh, seeks to kind of counter that, uh, that problem. Well, absolutely. And where, where can people find that book? Oh no, it's not uh, well, it's, all your other all your all your other books. Yeah, my other books are all on Amazon. Just you know, look for Matt Margolis, uh, and and they'll be there. And I got you know a few different books, uh, people to read that uh, keep you busy before this new book comes out. And where can people connect with you, uh, social media wise? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, Matt Margolis. Uh, Facebook, uh, I have a Facebook page. Uh, or just go to mattmargolis.com. It'll take you right there. And of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing regularly for, for PJ media and, um, you know, just, just go there and you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm doing there and, uh, writing about a lot of stuff and having a lot of fun doing it. I love it, Matt. And I love everything you're doing. I, I love your work. I, I read a lot of your stuff and, um, keep it up and uh, let's definitely get you back here, um, very soon. And let, let's talk a lot more. All right. All righty, man. Always a pleasure having you, my friend. And, and Matt, Matt, real quick, before you go, um, where you are in upstate New York, you're not really affected like New York City, are you? Not even close. Seriously? That is, a, that is it. Uh, you, you really picked up one of my pet peeves about uh, being technically in New York State, but not yeah. being, you know, part of the New York that is everyone talks about when they talk about New York. Uh, right. Where I live, it is nothing like what's going on downstate. Downstate is a completely different animal. And, uh, you know, I, I actually wrote an article for, for PJ Media about how if downstate New York was like a different country, uh, how, uh, you know, I look, analyzed the numbers and showed that, you know, the thing, situation in, in New York, in downstate New York is so bad at just skewing every everything for the for this country in terms of the numbers our numbers are are not bad uh, on a per capita basis uh compared to other countries but they're even better when you take out uh downstate new york makes sense totally makes sense uh, matt thank you so much and uh, i'll talk to you soon will do all righty um i do want to welcome to the show i believe we have um former former Trump campaign manager for Massachusetts. Well, actually, he was the former Massachusetts state director for the Trump campaign, Dean Cabarata. Dean, how are you? Rory, it's great to be back. How you doing, brother? Doing very well, my friend. It's great to have you back with us. What's going on? What's new? Well, Rory, you know, uh, it, it, it's just amazing time we're living in right now, and it's certainly been very difficult for a lot of people, and uh, every every week, as as we know, it seems something new is coming out that is uh, you know you know rocking our foundations, uh, making it more difficult to uh, to navigate what's true and what isn't true. So, you know, in the midst of all this, I have a little baby girl I'm trying to raise and make sure she's okay, and at the same time uh, make a living, help my clients on the consulting world, and also uh, speak out 
when I see our liberties being infringed and uh, question the, the logic or, or the, the lack of logic on uh, these one-size-fits-all lockdowns. Um, and a lot of our experiences, Rory, have to do with people we know. I have a really good friend of mine that owns a golf course in uh, Metro West Massachusetts, not too far from Boston. I also have a friend of mine that is a manager at uh, a Lowe's, and that's deemed an essential business, and they're bustling and busy every day. Uh, and then you, you, you say to yourself, how can we have this one-size-fits-all approach uh, when 30 million people are out of work and uh, you know, this economy is literally shut down? And uh, like the president said, you know, uh, the cure can't be worse than the problem, or I'm paraphrasing, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, it, it's just madness. And, and I think the one common thing, Rory, that we keep hearing from all your guests, and the author was great before me, is – you know, people have to learn in this age of, uh, of media and, and information to think for themselves, apply common sense, uh, get a second source, uh, have a little bit of skepticism in what they're reading from the mainstream media, obviously, and dig deeper because usually the first version of stories aren't right. And look what are the top leaders of the FBI doing to a three-star general. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And if, and if you're not a conspiracy person, Man, the times we're living in are going to turn everyone into conspiracy buffs, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and, and don't ever, don't ever forget where the term conspiracy came from. You know, they they, they came up with that term after JFK was assassinated because they wanted to make it look like if anybody ever questioned it or tried to investigate it on their own or do any sort of research, and they came up with a different conclusion, they'd be called crazy. And ever since then. You know, whether it's the Las Vegas shooting, whether it's 9-11, well, whatever it may be, if we question it or we ask about it or we're curious, then we're called a conspiracy theorist. It's ridiculous because here's what bothers me is too many people trust the government. Too many people think the government is their friend, which is not the case at all. The government is probably the most evil thing in existence. You really look at what they're guilty of over all, all these periods of time. Well, Rory, you know, one thing that's really been uh, really getting me going, you know, being in the Northeast, and, and granted, we have had more cases in Massachusetts and New York in terms of COVID-19 than other states. I understand the rationale behind the lockdown and the flattening of the curve, but why does everything have to be one size fits all? Uh, you know, like, like I said, we're all, we're all product of our experiences. So, you know, the, my good friend yeah. who's the owner of the golf course is saying, why can't we socially distance on a golf course correctly. Why exactly. can't the governors understand that? We do it in a grocery why, store. Why, we do, why, we do yeah. it in all these other places, you know? Yeah. Why Why can one business that's on someone's essential list operate with safe distancing and masks and gloves and cleaning the store every, every half hour operate, and then a store next to it is closed, and we have 30 million people fighting for un unemployment. Why aren't we questioning it more? Why are Americans so quick to lose their liberties and hold these governors accountable? And one size fits all doesn't work, and these governors don't have the constitutional authority to do some of the things that they're doing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's infuriating, I, it's, it's, and I think it's going to create, Rory, I think it's going to create a lot more people to question and to speak out on social media and to not just vote party line anymore. And that goes true for liberals just as much as conservatives. 
You can't drink the Kool-Aid anymore, people. You have to take responsibility yourself and start questioning things. And what bothers me is the generalizing of this pandemic in terms of they want to treat every, like, you know, the way these governors are going about the process is totally the wrong way. They're trying to, you know, it's it's not, what people don't understand is it's, it's more it's more severe and less severe in certain areas. I mean, some, some places have it worse than others. Let's face it. Why can't the places that are in decline and have minimal cases, why can't they open back up? Why are all these people holding us hostage? I mean, we've proven to be responsible at the grocery store. Even places like the liquor store and, and Big Five is open. If these places are open, why can't it all be open? And you know what? Well, and Rory, the plan B, the plan B, if there's any, if there's always a flare-up, the plan B is to is to close right. it down. You know, if, if, if Walmart in the news gets a flare-up on on the COVID, they shut yeah. it down and they and they have people self-isolate and you know they start over. But you know, give people the opportunity to get their lives back, and uh, let's and just not you, hand everything over to the governors. Yeah, and don't you think if these governors keep up with the nonsense? I mean, I've seen this already in certain places that are having restrictions. Owners are just going up to their businesses and opening shops. They're like, if you want, you, I'm not going to sit around anymore. I have a family to feed. I have, I have money to make. i got to earn a living. Come and arrest me. If that's what you're going to do, then come do it. That's what a lot of business owners are saying in places where they won't lift the restrictions, which I applaud these Americans. Because there was a guy in New York City that opened up his tailored shop, and because uh, he couldn't take it anymore, he was losing all this money. And there were officers that came in there, and they, and he said to them, "What what are you going to do? Are you going to arrest me, officer?" And they said, "No, we're not going to arrest you." Uh, they respected him because he was a veteran, um, and they it was crazy. He was on Fox News the other night, and uh, you know he told the officers that the shop very clean and you know have social distancing, and there was. I mean, what, what's the problem? I mean, no problem at all. I mean, these governors have more authority than they should have, and they are going about things in totally the wrong way. There's a, there's a good amount of governors that are doing it absolutely correctly, but there's a large amount that are doing it terribly and have no plan in place. And well, I, I agree with you on that, Rory. I really and, do. And there, there real is. quick, I want to say real quick, I think if this keeps up, Trump and the Trump and the fe, the federal government need to get involved because you know what you can't keep people locked in their homes, uh, penniless and jobless, and it's only going to get worse. And you know what? Think about this: people need money to live. People die if they don't have money because they can't eat, and they, and then then they become. I mean, there's so many more problems with people being stuck at home, and the suicide rate, and the drug use, and the spousal the spouse fight. It doesn't end. Go ahead though. Sorry. No, Rory, my, I, I agree with everything you said, and, and uh, my, my only my, my point is, and I think people are starting to understand, is one size doesn't fit all. We're uh, 50 different states. Uh, let's embrace different different strategies and be willing right. to be flexible and try different approaches and not be myopic yeah. in our view that, that uh, one way of shutting down everything is the only way to stop uh, the spread, which we all want. And the other thing that's been really driving me crazy, Rory, is – how can we be valuing uh, first responders, health workers, the amazing work that doctors are doing, 
and then at the same time shutting down the rest of the hospitals and laying them off. If that isn't contradictory, and if that isn't something the governor shouldn't be tackling right away, why can't we uh, secure and, and staff up a hospital to fight COVID and have elective surgery and fight cancer and fight heart disease? It's absolutely mind-boggling, and we as taxpayers, we as the people that bail out the government, have every right to ask, why can't we walk and chew gum at the same time medically? It is absolutely insane that the greatest country in the world is going to shut down and lay off half of the Mayo Clinic and then at the same time say we value medical professionals. It's absolutely contradictory, and it's driving me crazy. And, and our country is all about freedom, and it's all about prosperity. It's all about, you know, I mean, we live, we live in the greatest country ever to exist, and this keeping us inside, keeping us away from our from work, keeping us away from the economy goes against the constitution. I mean, it goes against the constitution. It really does. If you really look at what this, what we were founded upon, our principles, and how this, you know, this radical government has completely, it's it's off the wall. But you know, and you know what? They can only do this for so long before more people are going to keep charging the streets, going insane. I just see bad stuff happening if you don't get people back to work ASAP. Well, yeah, I totally agree with you. You've got to get people back to work. The country's got to get back to work, and we've got to defeat the virus, and you can do both simultaneously. There, where there's a will, there's a way. We have this, some of the smartest people in the world. There is a way to do both, and I urge every governor to do that dual approach. Right. And, Rory, we should try to end positive tonight. The one good thing that hopefully you and I, I we know we agree, that will come out of this uh, – pandemic is that America first policies and get tough with China and, you know, you know, whatever we need to do to get American business and manufacturing back, you know, half of Connecticut is an economic decline over the years, our, our neighbor to the South here in Massachusetts. Let's bring back some companies, incentivize companies to come back and defeat the Chinese on the economic battlefield since they're taking it to us on the geopolitical front. Uh, I urge all members of Congress and candidates to really examine what they're talking about when it comes to China, because they did this, they hit it, they did it deliberately, and they are not sorry for their actions yet. And I think the president, as you know, very recently is on this, and it's certainly not the last of this story. And I think we're going to see some really good leadership out of the White House on that. I love it. And uh, you were you were obviously his uh, state director for Massachusetts, the, the president, uh, in 2016. Are you going to be working for him again this uh, 2020 cycle? You know, Rory, I'm going to do everything I can. Uh, there won't be a lot of organized effort in Massachusetts. All the action will be in New Hampshire. So I urge, I urge your listeners to get involved in New Hampshire races, and certainly we will be. Uh, that's the best way to keep Nancy Pelosi in check. There are some good Massachusetts okay. candidates coming out, too. And uh, yeah. you know, every race is important now. Every race right. is as important as the Trump-Biden race because of what these people are doing during COVID. Shutting down golf Absolutely. courses and businesses is not yeah. the American way. Absolutely. And, Dean, I love having you on. Let's get you back here more often. Let's get you back here very soon. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Well, thanks, Rory. Uh, I got a new website. It's, um, uh, it's my company's website. It's JXFCLLC, all one word jxfcllc.com, and people can get me on Twitter at Dean Cav, all one word, D-E-A-N-C-A-V. I love it. I love it. Well, really a pleasure having you with us. 
uh, and we'll definitely talk soon. Thanks, Rory. Have a good night. Absolutely. Um, I do want to go to U.S. congressional candidate Josh Barnett, and he's at the Arizona Capitol right now. Josh, how was it down there tonight? Hey, what's up, Rory? I just left a few minutes ago. Um, it was uh, another great, great uh, group of people. You know, basically we're going down there to pray for our state, pray for our country, pray for our freedoms and our constitutional rights back. And that's really what this is all about, that we're doing it every night at 7 o'clock. And, and it's, it's nothing more than that. You know, people would go around, people people could say individual prayers. We usually invite a couple of people, whether they're pastors or, or um, you know, something along those lines. They want to say words. And we just get together and pray, you know. And uh, sometimes, you know, the power of prayer can do some things because – it, almost during the middle of this, it was very, it was very odd because in the middle of all this tonight, we had a thing. Uh, uh, one of our friends got texted ABC 15 that Brenovich, AG Brenovich, actually lifted the, I guess you call it a ban on churches, as far as us being able to assemble at a church starting this weekend. So we now um, are not, you know, they were cracking down on churches for for offering masses and stuff because of our crowds, but as of this weekend, we're allowed to you know, attend church. So it was a good thing, you know, so good night so far. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, your, your thoughts on um, obviously this whole Michael Flynn thing today. Yes. Yes. I've been, I've been cheering for that for a long time now. Uh, I've never, never seen somebody get just absolutely screwed as much as I've seen that guy and, uh, and what he's gone through. Uh, the last couple of years and what they put it through is, is just unbelievable. It should, it should never happen to another American in this country, especially, especially somebody of his caliber. And I would love for nothing more than for him, you know, this exoneration for president Trump to hire him back in the white house immediately. That would be, that would be an amazing epic thing to see. And I would love to see Comey in handcuffs on Sunday. I would too. I would what, too. And it, you know, yeah, I, what, I think, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you were, you were going to say something. I, I didn't have anything to say. Go ahead. Oh, you're, yeah. I, I just said, you know, between Comey, Brennan Clapper, um, I have a, I have a strong feeling and I've heard a few things around that, that, um, that their time is up. And uh, after this exoneration, uh, these FISA declassifications, these FISAs, there's, I, I truly, I finally feel like there's somebody going to get arrested for, for, for what they've done to this country. And um, it's going to be, a, it'll be a great day for America to have finally accountability, at least some accountability in that deep state. And um, it, it's something that needs to happen. I think it's something that needs to happen to bring back respect and, and actual belief in our government, because there's a lot of people that don't believe in our government right now. And um, this would definitely be a, a, a shining light um, in, a, in a dark place right now, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, it's great to see Flynn. And I, and I pray for a, a pardon from Roger Stone and what's happened with him as well. So, Absolutely. you know, uh, yeah. you know we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I know Roger. I've spoken with him. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a very similar situation. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't, rat, he didn't rat out the president. He didn't tell him what they wanted to hear. And, and, and they try to punish him for it. And um, it's, it's despicable. Yeah, and tell everybody Roger Stone endorsed you, which is huge. 
Yeah, Roger Stone. Um, I, I've met him through a friend of mine that's, that, that's known Roger for 20, 25 years. Um, uh, we, we texted back and forth, and I've always, you know, I always kind of, I, I always knew who he was, obviously, but I, when I saw what was happening to him, it really, it really put me over the edge with, with, with everything that was going on because cause of just straight corruption of how they were going after him. And it was one of those things where it just, it just, needs, to, it just needs to end. You know, this stuff needs to end. This deep state uh, blocking needs to end. Yeah, no, it, 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 it absolutely does. It, it, it's mind-blowing. And, you know, we just saw the, the, uh, the, the whole not, corona uh, thing. I know, I know you've been following the corona thing really closely. You're always putting out facts. What do you think of that in terms of some of the latest information we found out? Well, um, you know, it, it's, there's just so much. You know what I mean? There's so it's much out there. It's driving you nuts on social media. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the I, – I, I got an argument tonight again with this doctor, this quote doctor, checkmark doctor on Twitter. And, and he's yeah. probably a smart guy. He's an ER doctor. But guess what? He doesn't have any common sense. There's a lot of right. smart people who don't have common sense. And I told him, more people die from flu pneumonia three and a half times more often in Arizona than COVID. Prove me wrong. Yes. You know, and, and yes. there's nothing he could say because I had the data to support it. And, and, and what are we going to do, shut the state down every time a virus comes or every time we have a bad flu, we're going to shut the state's economy down at the snap of their fingers? And, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. And to hold our state here in Arizona to the same, the same level that's in New York and what's happening there, it should not be happening here. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you 100%, Josh. Um, Josh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Sure, yeah, you can follow, you can get on my website. It's barnettforaz.com. I'm at barnettforaz on Twitter and Instagram, and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. And, Josh, um, from, from your, you know, just from what you're hearing and what you're seeing, Obviously, the church restrictions are are, lift, are going to be lifted, but do you do you see any? Do you get any other hints for in the coming days? What what what, should, what, what we should expect for Arizona? I think Ducey's going to lock us down and keep it locked down until the fifteenth. He says a soft opening on the fourth for certain businesses that he deems essential. Which I won't even get into that right now, as far as the as far as legally with that with that whole aspect, but. Uh, we're pretty much okay. locked down to the 15th right now, and um, it's 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 unfortunate. I think it's going to be a career killer for him. I think it's going to really, really hurt him if he ever wanted to run for something in the future, uh, showing his true colors or his weakness as a conservative. And there's a lot of very yeah. upset people here right now. Amen, including myself, including myself. Uh, Josh, always a pleasure, though. I love having you on with us. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Okay, thank you, Roy. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely, as always. Um, I want to go to, uh, I believe he's with us, uh, Pastor and Dr. Rodney Evans. Rodney, let's get your thoughts. I'm sure you've got quite a bit to say. Go ahead, buddy. Yes, I do. The first thing is your guests were awesome tonight. Very enjoyable. Thanks, buddy. Uh, very informative. I, I would put it up there with anyone uh, tonight's guests were. But first, you know, General Flynn, it is appalling. It should be appalling to every American how he was treated. And when this broke, your mainstream news media, CNN, CBS, ABC, 
NBC, MSNBC, said nothing about it in the mornings. And one reason they didn't is because they didn't want to eat crow because when uh, General Flynn done the, as we now know, was persuaded, misled to take a plea deal, uh, they thought it was the greatest thing since uh, Clinton or Watergate. So they didn't want to mention it. And I think – I don't care if you're Republican or if you're Democrat. If they can do that to him – and I heard today that he spent somewhere between – for his defense, somewhere between 6 to $7 million. Who in America – I know I couldn't – could spend that if the FBI came and tried to do something that, to someone like me. And if they did it to him, they could, do, they could try to do it to us. And that should make us all uh, uh, you know, aggravated to a point that we would definitely want something done and the FBI straightened out because something definitely has to be done there. And uh, so that's my thing with, with uh, General Flynn. The other thing is, and I don't think you brought it up today because uh, I've, I've tried to listen to everything, but what do you think about Adam Schiff? him sending letters to Google, YouTube, and Twitter, and et cetera, trying to get them to censor more and to take off more of the conservatives and the people that don't agree with him. Did you hear about that? No, I, I heard something like that, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's always out for his next move. This guy's a monster. Oh, he is. And, you know, that's another thing that popped up today. Then I know someone just put out, that in Washington they have extended the uh, the stay at home order until June the fourth. This whole thing is getting really ridiculous. Uh, you know the coronavirus. When I go out, yes, I wear a mask. I use hand sanitizer. My wife's a nurse, so that's one thing she's going to make sure that we do. Uh, but we go on with our lives. We get out on Saturdays and, and get out. We can't just sit here in the house. And I've got family members that are involved in the medical field. I've got two nurses that live close, well, three that live right here in our neighborhood. Um, but then I've talked to other people, and one of the cons- uh, things that people are concerned about, we begin, people begin to go back to work and they begin to go back out. And I think one of your guests has mentioned this. But on you know talking to the nurses and the people in the medical field that I know, when people go back to work, their immune system is going to be down because they have been home. They haven't been around anything. And you talk about people, you know, getting colds or getting sick. That's when a lot of that stuff could happen because they haven't been out. We've been locked in. Which I think this is the first time in history in America that people that are well and healthy have been told to stay home. Yeah, and it no, re- it's, it's really it's crazy. It is, it is. I I've never seen anything like it. Um, to be honest with you, it, it's it's a a time like never seen before. Uh, it's it's dangerous too. Um, I, I wanna uh, I definitely yeah. want to get you back here. I definitely want to get you back here. Um, let, let's get you back here in the next in the next week or so. Um, I want to get a yes, lot sir. more time with you. Um, tell everybody where they can connect with you, though, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Okay, very quickly, if you want to follow me, which I do put out on all of my things every day, I've chosen to try to put positive things out right now with everything everybody's going through. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's 
at Rodney Evans. That's my personal one, so I do put political things on there. But uh, if you just want ministry stuff, you can follow me at Rodney Evans Ministries uh, on uh, Facebook. You can follow my church's Facebook page, which is Real Life Church Concord. Uh, you can Perfect. listen to my pod. You can listen to my podcast at uh, Real Life Discussions on Anchor, or also we're on YouTube at Real Life Discussions with Pastor Rodney on YouTube. I love it. I love it, Rodney. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless you. I'm going to close out God the show you. right now. Um, everybody, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Um, you guys are all incredible. Uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Um, and I will see you all next week. Until then, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.